0: Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won car of the year. Our 5008
1: seven-seater has won SUV of the year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning partner van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Walford Road Kilkenny today. And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast with myself, Eddie Scalley. and joining me, I'm so delighted to be actually able to sit down with this man. He's a Kilkenny hurling legend, eight All Ireland titles to his name, nine Leinster titles, six National League titles, and of course two All Stars. Mr. Michael Rice, Michael, thanks a million for joining me today. No matter, Eddie, thanks for having me. Uh, I was excited first when I seen the surname. I thought it was Declan Rice that were getting into me, but uh, I assume he's no relation, is he?
0: Yeah, no, I don't think he's any relation. No, no, uh, I have no no
1: connection there certainly. Yeah, he doesn't look like a, a type of a hurling man. Myself when I when I looked at him there, but I did wonder because it's not that common of a surname. I wondered when he had an Irish connection, was there no, any connection? I suppose if he stayed tipping away with Ireland, I might have claimed him, all right? But I couldn't, <laughs> <You> <laughs> I can't couldn't claim know, him now. No, no. He's his own man. <laughs> but look, we're all in kind of difficult times of COVID at the moment, and you know, it's been a tough couple of years. But obviously for yourself, and I kind of see as very vital frontline people, in educators, you know, teachers. You're down in Water Park um, teaching down there at the moment. The whole Covid experience for yourself as a teacher like how testing has it been?
0: Uh, it's been difficult yeah because I mean it, uh, probably all teachers had to change how they do their normal practice day to day um, it went from very much in the classroom which is vital and, and there's no doubt about it I think that's where we all wanted to be but it changes uh, the, we had to deal with the change that took place um, and look the adjustment was fantastic both by teachers and students um, a lot of it was online for a long period of time but look, there's a, there's what we were very much aware of, there's a, an inequality there as well because not everyone has equal access to broadband, to internet, to, 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 to even a computer. So I mean, we were very conscious of the fact that there were um, students who were going to be missing out more than others. So I mean, some students. Uh, thrived in that environment and they wouldn't naturally thrive that they're kind of go-getters themselves and they'll fire on but then you'll have other students who probably need that school environment and, and really missed it and we did find that that we had, really had to look out for our students and make sure that they were well looked after stay in contact with them as, as much as possible and they, it's the connectedness like I mean look people love to be around people and that's the reality for most people and uh it was. Just, I think we did notice that when when students did come back, they they loved being back. I know we often hear of students maybe not liking school or not liking different aspects of school, but you could definitely see the difference. And likewise with, with teachers, that's where we all wanted to be. And it was good to get back and uh, have that sense of normality again.
1: Yeah, it's 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 just something like I would spoken to one of the doctors that works with us on on race days, and I even seen it with my own kids. You know, like my daughter kind of thrives in the environment, and then the two sons, one of them you know, he, he's so blasé about life. It's, he's just, he doesn't, it doesn't, I don't even know if he knows there is COVID. He's just chilling out and he's living his best life. But my other son, you know, he kind of really missed the school environment, his friends. And, and I actually seen his works, his, his actual works were suffering yeah. because he didn't have the environment. But it was just an interesting thing that the doctor had said to me um one of the days. And it was the whole environment of a school teacher, you go into a classroom and you can read the room. So you're looking at these people and you can see you know, Eddie's not in great form today and you know, you, you can you can feel that. And he said, Te- teachers can't do that off of, off of a screen. They can't do that in in a computer they can't actually come down and and put the arm on a shoulder and and help little John or help little Paddy and was that something that you found very difficult yeah absolutely because we'd have um, support structures in the school like
0: we'd have a student support team where we would generally look out for students that may have different difficulties whether it be academic or socially or, or it might have difficult home circumstances and whatever but you can't do that when they're not in the school um, we did it as best we could where we did look out for students that weren't engaging at all and we made contact with them and made contact with their parents and to just to see could we help in any way and uh, it wasn't straightforward because look as I said already there was a kind of a there's different socio-economic backgrounds that you're dealing with as well and you have to be conscious of that but um, I think look like you said like your own your own children you have different students and some thrive in the school environment and some will thrive outside of it anyway and they'll just fire on but even from the extracurricular point of view, that even when the students were in school, that was gone. So, student, some students. I mean, there, you, you, I know I went to, studi- to school myself, um, and you, you'd have one or two lads, and they'd only be coming in for the sport and for maybe hurling or for a particular activity. That that's what kept them going. So, even the extracurricular activities gone, and I mean, it trips away on the buses. Some lads, you know, could be gone two or three times a week if they could, uh, and they were. That that's important too, and that was gone. Um so it's been a very, very tough time for, for teen- teenagers um and for for I suppose in primary school as well, where they just miss that social interaction and they missed that element of just friendship that that they have there.
1: We just we go we go off the COVID thing there, and it it, it is I, I think I think all teachers uh, should be really commended for what they've done, um you know history will be very kind to you when when we look back on this in in twenty oh, or thirty sure, years yeah. time I think so my youngest lad did say to me he said dad this COVID's ruined us and I said why what's wrong you know and he said there'll be no snow days anymore <laughs> he said because they've, they've the system now so yeah. you know my school we used to love seeing a bit of snow because it was an old school and the boilers would break and then we had a day off <laughs> but he said I had to save myself yeah yeah th- th- them <laughs> days are gone now because the structures yeah. are in place for you to have no snow days. But even
0: no? with that, uh, just quickly, like a, a lot of probably opportunity has arisen. As a result of that, we have many, many students now that we can contact online. And it's, uh, and I mean, students have the opportunity if they want, that if they are out, that they won't miss out on, on their education. Now that stuff is put up, we were working with Microsoft Teams and students had the ability to catch up if they were missing for any reason. Uh, the, the work was there and they could fire on or they could ask a teacher a question um, online. And it, 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 it's a huge advantage. And that's the way it has gone anyway when you go into university as well. So it was good practice for the students in that regard too.
1: No, definitely. And I think I think the point that you're making is, is very good that we take the positives out of these situations and yeah, see what we can learn. Yeah. And, and one of the big things is the whole online learning for, for kids. I think, uh, genuinely, I think that everyone's worried about what it's going to be like in ten or fifteen years for all these kids. But I, I know think, you will be worried yeah.
0: with devices and so on. <laughs> but, uh, it's trying to get the balance. I think, like everything in life, you have to have a balance. So that's the key.
1: Hopefully, we won't have to do it for much longer. Anyway, <laughs> no, so fingers can't. crossed. We keep going. But just on, on, on your own career, Michael, um, I want I want to bring you back kind of to, to your early days. I mean, kind of as a young lad starting out, your Carrick Shock Club man. Yeah. You know, to the core. Was it always hurling in your house? Like, was it you know from from the day you were born? Really, was there a hurl fired at the mum trotted into the into the pram? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And it's not that my parents um
0: would have been would have been driving like very strong, driven kind of drive you on and make sure you're hurling the whole time or anything like that. It just seemed to be naturally there. My father, both my mother and father, would have been very interested in in hurling. Uh, my own mother would have played a bit of camogie when she was younger. Um. And my father would uh, would have gone to a lot of matches. Played a small bit of hurling, but not not hugely involved either. But I just remember, I suppose as a young lad, going to a lot of matches, um, different club matches, um, lots of county matches. Um, my first, probably the first I learned to went to was nineteen ninety two against Cork, where um, we won that. Um, so that was a good experience. I mean, they didn't bring me in ninety one where we lost the tip, so that was good experience too. Did I missed that? So um, yeah, I would have. And at that time, I went and I was passed in over the turnstile and I sat at my father's knee for that 1992 All Ireland oh, and, I, and I remember the nerves and his, his knee was going and I was hopping around and uh, yeah DJ got the penalty that day I think John Power got a goal Lee McCarthy got a goal and it was a, a great kind of thing and that's that's probably what's so important that you, you see at a young age Kilkenny winning and that's then your dream going forward from there um, and likewise with my club, Richie Power Sr. would have been involved and Pat Dwyer, both heroes of ours in, in, in Carrick Shock. And again, that gives you the taste for um, to say, right, I want to, this is what I want to do. I want to play for Carrick Shock and I want to play for Kilkenny. Um, it's not straightforward as that, obviously. No, but I was blessed then when I went to school in Stonyford that. Um, there was Harlan uh, was taken off really I know it was done there before but um, we had a we had a principal there as well kruhur de Rota who wouldn't have been that interested in in Harlan but yet he would have done the bit to bring us to matches um, himself you know so for some a, a teacher not that interested it, it was it was a, a huge commitment for him to be bringing us to matches and to be getting us involved and letting us down to the local field at different times and um I know my own mother and Richie Power Senior and a few more were involved in bringing us down to the local pitch in Stonyford and then getting us up to Carrick Shock so I suppose in Carrick Shock there's there's three kind of areas there's Stonyford, Hoganstown and Newmarket and Munroo School as well actually so I mean for that to be brought together it wasn't easy in those days I remember being loaded up in the car and there could have been a few more than should have been in the car heading (laughs) off to these matches and it it was just a great time and the principal in Newmarket Tom Duggan was, had a huge influence on, on all of us myself and John Tennyson Richie Power and Joel Dalton would we have played for Kilkenny without his influence probably not and would we have probably been succe- as successful with Carrick Shock over the years I wouldn't think so he put a huge effort into us and we started off um, Ryan E Ryan D we, we lost I remember losing badly to Skjokfoshti team, Blacks and Whites when I started uh, yeah I think they got 11 <laughs> goals on the day and <laughs> But look, um, that didn't deter me. It was, I, I enjoyed Hurling and um, yeah, we would have we would have struggled early on and slowly but surely we I think we would have won a Rhine D, we would have won a Rhine C and this is when I was probably 7 or 8 and then we're moving up into, I think I finished off winning a Rhine B with Carrick Shock inside against the Emeralds. Uh, when's that back? In 1996 now at that stage, so um, yeah so very successful would have been really successful with, with football as well would have went well into football so there was a great club structure there and huge work went into it underage um, at that time and
1: it bore fruit as we went on and it's it's amazing when you say it because there's so many players of, of, of your stature your standing that have done so well in sport and they refer back to teachers when they were six, seven, eight, nine years of age and the influence they've made I I spoke to Frankie Dolan a number of months ago the footballer and it was the same Frankie was on about a school teacher that taught him at 11 it's like I think sometimes you don't realise it when it's happening and I think the teachers don't realise it but it's 20 years later I'm sure your teachers now from Stonyford and the lads in in Newmarket and stuff they must get such pride when they go to Kilkenny matches and say oh you had him at Eight or nine or ten, it yeah, must be question. a lovely thing, like,
0: yeah, sure. I don't know, like, I wouldn't have had the discussion about that with them, but I hope they do because and I hope they realize how important they were in our lives because it's not everyone gives up. And they like people, <laughs> I suppose, um, they think, well, oh, sure, that could be the teacher's job, they're, they're meant to do that, they're not, like, it's not, it's, it's in their own time, um, it's after school, it's in the evenings, like. I mean, there's no obligation on anyone to be going to a match at half seven below in Moonkind to bring and bring us all down there, you know. And I was blessed that there was both my own parents, Stephen and Katie, would have brought me to lots and lots of matches. I mean, they would have been coming home six o'clock in the evening after a full day's work. Could have been a tough day's work and I'd be there ready, right, let's go, gear, let's let's head to Town. we have a match to play, or let's head to Schleveru, or let's head to Munkine or or Erlingford or wherever. And like without the commitment of both the teachers and the different parents um, we wouldn't get there and I remember Joe Pike who would have presented different uh, cups and trophies over the years and he would always mention it and at 14 or 12 or whatever you would never really take much notice of okay he's he's mentioning the parents he's mentioning the teachers and he'll present this trophy and we'll go off and we'll yeah. we'll have our lemonade and our, our sausages and chips after this final or whatever but yeah you do appreciate it really now and I mean I suppose during the years over the years on the bus with Kenny, and that different matches have come up that you would have played underage, and you know there would have been a bit of rivalry north v south and all that crack as well. And yeah, you would. I think every every lad that would have ever played with Kenny would appreciate the work that went on by teachers and and their their own parents.
1: And when you went to Saint Karen's, then like from National School up into Saint Karen's, it's it's a step you know that's that's I, I think for a lot of children it can be quite difficult, and even on the sport now more from a sporting side than an educational side, but you can be quite a big fish in a little small pond coming from a small school in, in Skiachfoshteen or coming from Stonyford and next thing you come into this hotbed of they're all there <laughs> eh, you know <laughs> and it's like I know, and, and people kind of they, they find it funny I, I always said colleges sec, not secondary third level colleges I, I, I never seen anything harder to play in than yeah, that you know I just yeah. found it in, intense the football at that level every player was a county player in a position yeah, yeah. but when I see Kilkenny yeah. St Karen's College, you know, with such a rich history in Hurling, when you went in there, like, straight away, did you have to find your feet on the Hurling field? And, and was it a tough environment to get into?
0: Uh, I, you might have had to. I probably didn't, really. Um, look, I would have had... My family would have went to St Karen's College and obviously with, with Hurling, um, I was probably very interested in going myself anyway. But yeah, it was... Went in in first year and... Um, look, mad to make the team. Mad to make the under-14, so... I made the tail end of the panel at the start I I remember going to a challenge match and I think it was one of the few lads that didn't get on that day and had to be happy with a Mars bar and a packet of crisps on the way back from a challenge match above and Turles. Um and then I, I, I again that's, that's where you mentioned about being the big fish coming out and probably hurling and doing well with, with Carrick Shock um, in those county finals at Ryan C and Ryan B but now you're coming up against your Tullerones your Tommy Welshes, your Shane Hennessy's uh, your different village lads your Jackie's and um, and suddenly, like, you're thinking, right, um, this is a lot tougher. And I would have been playing the forwards at that stage, kind of corner forward, full forward. And suddenly you're marking this little lad with a, with a green helmet at the time and he tearing out past you and that was Tommy Welsh. And suddenly you go, right, this is a different kettle of fish. And it was actually just pure chance. Um, Tom Hogan and, and Seamus Knox were trainers at the time, two brilliant trainers and had a huge influence on my career. And they, they kind of put me out midfield. I think it was more to give me somewhere to go. They were kind of probably saying, this lad isn't going to make it in the forwards. And um, I just started just hitting ball. Um, quite simple. I kind of worked on the basis that just put the ball into where it's most dangerous, into the forwards. And I just kept moving the ball. And at that time, actually, ground hurling was still a thing. <laughs> so I would have just um, moved the ball on continuously. And I ended up making the team midfield uh, and doing very well there for, for first year and second year. And uh uh, and continuing my career there kind of throughout Kieran's College in, in midfield was kind of the place I played over that time so it was kind of a bit of luck that I wasn't going well in the forwards and then I found my my feet out there and I would have gotten great encouragement from, from Tom and from Seamus and who would have said you yeah, know encouraged me that I was going
1: well there And When you went back to the club like your club would have been using you in the forwards and yeah. to, you would have Probably seeing yourself as a little DJ Kerry running around. Ah, the field yeah, I and. thought it was as fast and as skilled, as <laughs> that wasn't
0: the case. But you, look, you, you have to cod yourself sometimes.
1: And when 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 Kieran started using you at midfield, um, and, and it started to progress that way, was that somewhere where the club then turned around and said, "Right, like you know, this is this is where we go with, with, with Michael"? Or did the, they say, "Right, you no, know, you're still our DJ yeah, Kerry"? Yeah,
0: no, I do, I don't know really because what would have happened generally with the club is when I was too young. Like if I was playing under say fourteen, and I might have been ten or eleven. I would have been in the forwards. You would have been corner forward and you would have been getting your few scores. And then any time I was kind of up to age, then I would have played centre-back or midfield. Generally um, centre-back. Centre-forward a bit then as I moved on. And as John Tennyson got better as a (laughs) centre-back. They said, right, you tip on up the field and try and get us a few scores then. So it was was about balancing out the team then. So we kind of had a good spine in the club then of John Dalton full-back, John Tennyson centre-back, myself centre-forward. And then... Uh, Richie full, Richie, powerful forward so that kind of developed over the years then um, so it was enjoyable like I mean I always liked centre back and midfield anyway but just to be honest look I just look, you love playing anywhere I got one
1: little stint at full back but that was all Isn't it amazing and I have to just point it out, like it's amazing. You're you're ringing off the names there of the spine of the team for Kerry yeah. Shock. And I remember sitting down with a lad one day, and he would rhyming off the names of the teams for for Gorn. He said, "Oh, we'd we'd a great old spine there. We'd yeah. Pat O'Neill, DJ Carey, Charlie Carter." And I'm kind of sitting there going, "Oh, even my mother of God, you know." And and it's the same for yourselves, yeah. like. Wasn't it just a great time For the club To have all these players Hitting at the exact same time Like yeah. was it luck Or was it A bit more to it I than sure that like to thank our Mothers and fathers For that as well <laughs> Good, good <laughs> bit of effort To parish with that It must
0: have been A good uh, youth, youth development system Or something <laughs> going on there <laughs> um, We were just blessed And I met John Dalton recently And we were just saying How lucky we were That we kind of Were there at the right time Together that look a few good as I mentioned, lots of good things came together. Tom Tom Duggan in in Newmarket was there, lots of parents involved, putting in huge work at the same time. Um, but then, yeah, I've mentioned those those players. But we were blessed then that we had a good solid number of players outside of that. We went on to play county, but we had great players that were around us as well, and we ended up going on to win B's and A's A finals as well at under sixteen and minor. Uh, and that's checked out had Richie Power Senior over us at that stage and a man called Jimmy Sheen as well who would have played for the club and would absolutely die for the club and uh, what they got out of everyone they just got 100% out of everyone Uh, and that kind of stuck with me going forward I suppose in my own hurling and in a bit of coaching I would have done is that you can never win it with four lads you have to have the 15 lads and if it doesn't matter I suppose we had good hurlers but we probably had lads who uh, weren't brilliant but they gave 100% for the team uh, and that was the huge difference and that's why we ended up winning A's. It wasn't because of four lads down the middle, it was because of 15 lads and maybe two or three that came on and made the
1: difference every time. Uh, so that was a, a great bit of learning for me at the time. And and before we switch to, to, to your county career, like in, in, in 2014 you know Kerry Shock had a very, very strong team you went on and won the intermediate championship yeah. uh, with the club like like for yourself that must have been you know a, a really good time i mean to, to go and win it
0: well look we we won it we won in in 2004 when we were just after coming off two minors you know we would have lost three intermediates in yeah. yeah yeah we would have lost two intermediates in a row um when we were i suppose i was 18 19 losing them um so that was very tough but then we came and won it again in 2004 and it was a great boost and that was the first year then they introduced the All-Ireland Intermediate we ended up losing that final which I'd still be kind of disappointed with us doing that actually um, but then we went on and got up senior and we had a great stint in senior um, played in two county finals ah, probably still the biggest regret I have that we didn't get over the line played our in 2010 um, just weren't good enough on the day Clara in 2013 my good friend Lester Ryan then stepped up and hit a 21 um, terrible ride Unbelievable connection <laughs> In the top corner If he rose it better He might have hit it as well uh, He stuck a top corner And we ended up losing Then that was about Five minutes to go we Ended up losing That county final And um, It was an awful Kind of want to lose I, 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 I That still sticks with me And But uh, Yeah we went on then And um, We ended up winning The intermediate With Tommy and As manager And we just went on A great run And so look, as my mother would often say, "Good news, bad news. Who knows?" We got relegated, and it was a devastation. But yet we went on. And we wouldn't. We had great success by going and winning the intermediate the following year, and all the way through to an All Ireland final, um, which was brilliant for the club. I, to finish, my I knew my last day in Croke Park was going to be that All Ireland final, um, unless we go and go on another run. But I knew they could be at thirty-three years of age playing with my club in, in Croke Park. I really enjoyed that and. A, a big win and I just absolutely even when we were winning well I said look absolutely empty
1: yourself today because there's, no, not, there's not going to be another one Was it was it a conversation that you had I know you would have had it with yourself it's something that you think about in your own head like that All-Ireland final in in, in 17 like it was going to be realistically your last day in Crow Park it was going to be Richie's yeah. last day in Crow Park it was probably going to be John's last day in Croke Park. You know, there was an awful lot of yeah. lads that <laughs> were, you know, and did, did you ever have that chat yourself? No, you?
0: no, we never had that chat. No, um, we probably all had it individually, as I said, <laughs> in, in our own heads maybe, but we never actually had that chat. But I kind of um, look, I was kind of a bit concerned that maybe lads that wouldn't have had the experience in Crow Park before. Will that get over over autumn or whatever? But then, you kind of have to refocus and say, well, look, to no point in me worrying about X, Y, and Z. I need to look after my own game, um, and make sure I do the right things, and then that'll that'll follow whatever happens after that. Um, so I I really enjoy I really enjoyed the whole experience. Um, of course I was nervous like any other match, and that's important too. But I definitely uh, enjoyed that going up there. It was a new experience. Um, but look
1: On the day We just played really well And had a great win Where does that rate When when you're sitting in the pub And your kids have kids And you're talking to your grandkids And they're saying yeah. Grandad You know You've done this And you've done that Like How fast into the conversation Do we get to Where well, we won The the Club All-Ireland title In 2017 Is like Where does it rate Amongst all the other All-Ireland titles That you've won For yeah, you personally
0: I would say Yeah it's right up there It's right up there It's probably It's it's probably something I enjoyed more Than, than the others Um I, uh, it's it's hard to quantify because it's a, it's a different situation You're not, like there's a huge buzz playing in front of 82,000 but you probably don't know 80,000 to them like you know yeah. whereas the 2,000 that might have been there for the club final you know all of them um, and you see how important it is for the people of the club I think that's the biggest impact and to be there with your own family and like I had uh, Anna my, my first child there and just to get a picture with her out in Croke Park was it was a, a great thing? I have a couple of pictures in the Kilkenny jersey with her back in 2015. So to have her there in 2017 um, was was an amazing amazing thing, and it was just the pride. I know it's a sort of cliche, the pride of the parish and all that, but it was a,
1: a very proud moment for all of us to be there and win it with Carrie Shock. No, I'm sure, I'm sure it really was, and it's just when you you, you kind of pointed it out, and I've and I've had a lot of people say it to me when when you play in front of eighty two thousand people, so you can't hear anything. Like it's just this. Yeah. Echo, it's just a a wall of noise, yeah. It
0: doesn't really register but, to be honest. Yeah. And when you're playing
1: for the 2,000 people and you hit the ball wrong, <laughs> you can probably pick out there's Mick from up the road <laughs> shouting, Bloody hit it long. You know, this uh, can, can you hear people a little bit better when there's 2,000 people in Crow Park hating you for doing something wrong? Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can. Ah, uh, you learn to block it out over the years. Like, I I suppose my first All Ireland with, uh, with Kilkenny when I ran out in 2006, I wasn't playing, but I mean, the difference is just. It's the difference from a semi-final you know I played in that semi-final in 2006 but the difference is there's just you can't hear anything it's just noise 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 there's a the wall of noise it, it nearly would take kind of stop you in your tracks as you're coming out like that first time um, and you don't hear a word in the warm up like whereas usually you hear you know a name or next ball or whatever but that's all gone so the the 2000 is different alright yeah
1: yeah no no it's, it's always a funny one because lads you know, when they're going hard matches and I'm in the crowd so I can hear these things and sometimes I'll be in the stages laughing. I used to be a disaster at games for giving out but now I just go <laughs> that, and enjoy them. That was you, uh, was it? <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I remember one of the lads was telling me he was on the way home from, DJ was after, he was in the prime of his career, he was yeah. flying, like he was yeah, yeah. unmarkable and uh, yeah. they played a match in Thomastown, it was a, club championship match but yeah. it wasn't against Thomas the yeah. and uh, he rang me the next day and he said to me uh, DJ missed a free early in the game you know yeah. I said Jesus that wasn't like him you know and yeah. he said no but he said the best ever he said was there was a lad behind me who said this lad's fu- absolutely useless What you know he shouldn't be near this team and he was like it's DJ Carey, you know, and but he said it's it's just so funny when you come back to club level, yeah. You, you, you get told what you really taught you, you know that type of way. Your ears of graces are gone, but yeah. he said that at the time he was the best hurler in Ireland, probably the best of all time. But he still wasn't good enough to make making that Goren <laughs> team with with the free he missed. But switching our attentions kind of to to your county career, like you know, you, you were very very lucky. Well, you weren't very lucky. You deserved everything you'd done, like. But um the area you played in, like, I mean you were in the Kilkenny Minor panel for I think you were in there for two years with the Kilkenny Minors Um, you captained them in your in your second year and you were lucky enough to, to captain Kilkenny to an All-Ireland title yeah. at minor like that must have been you know a great start for yourself obviously ah,
0: Yeah sure it was huge a huge thing like you mentioned earlier I had one won things with, with, with Kieran's along the way and that, look I ended up playing you know under 14 Tony Forrest, and under 16 which is great for your confidence as a young chap as well that you're you're in the mix there you're playing with these lads that you probably you know the likes of I mentioned them already with, with Tommy and I mean I think there was Tommy myself and David Herity um, with three of us would have played Tony and we ended up playing senior as well, which was a uh, great to go on all the way through that. But um, yeah, into the minor then, um, going so you, again, there's a lot of things lead into that. Probably going well with with Kieran's College and going well with Carrick Shock at the time. So we're we're in those A finals. So you're you're in the shop window as such, and uh, as a result of that get selected, played Nicky Cashin then was teaching in Cairns at the time, was manager brother Brennan, God rest him, was uh, a selector there, Uh, and again two men that had a huge influence on my career and um, played wing back my first year, Uh, we lost to Cork in the semi-final in 0-1, brilliant match, Um, unfortunately I think Fraggy Murphy got 3-6 or something that day Uh, and we ended up losing out then the following year, look uh, played midfield and was captain of the team um, and look had a great win beat Tipperary in the final couldn't have asked for more to be honest and uh, get the captain of the team was a was a huge honour and that's thanks to my club again because we ended up winning the county the year before um, beat our, our old rivals and neighbours um, the Shamrocks in, in that final and even at that, that time that was great because I mentioned the Carrick Shock lads that were probably on our team and then we were up against Cha and Michael Fenley and and these lads um, that were, were obviously going on to be county stars as well
1: and then from the minor you went Pretty much straight into the under twenty one panels at that stage. After a couple yeah. of years at minor, um, beating in an All Ireland final, I think in under twenty one. Where was it an All Ireland final? I think Galway beat you.
0: No, we yeah we won we won zero three and we zero four. Um, uh, great times, great crack. Um, so we we yeah Martin Fogarty was appointed as manager yeah. my first year. himself and Mick Dempsey came in, and um, look, we just had a brilliant, brilliant time. Trend was tough, but Trend was brilliant. Um, and. There was just a good little crack to it and he created a kind of a spirit and a bit of camaraderie amongst the team, which was hard to do because we had nine lads in zero three 3 involved with the seniors. So they were never really with us unless we could get them for the odd match here and there. Um, but like obviously when they came back, there was a huge strength to the whole team and everything. But it's very hard to mesh that in together where you're having a panel of possibly 40 because nine lads are gone the whole time. And then to bring in now we like obviously it was bringing back JJ and Tommy and Brian Dowell and Willie O'Dwyer Aidan Fogarty Ken Coogan and Jackie Terrell um, I'm missing one or two there as well so like them coming back in strengthened the whole thing, um, but at the same time um, it was to get that mix of kind of meshing us all together and yeah. that was the great quality that Martin Fogarty and Mick Dempsey had to be able to bring us together one nil ireland in zero three and beat Galway in the final a fa- fairly fancied team. Um and then in zero four we beat Tip in the park um uh with a, a great win again. Then zero five, um, we were going for, for three in a row and we lost out to um we lost out to Galway down in Limerick. Um a match that I still think we probably we should have got over the line. We just we just didn't perform to as well as we could have on the day.
1: you've done it twice now, three times since we started chatting and it's when you talk about your wins. Yeah you gloss over it nice and quickly. Yeah, we won this game, we won this game, we won this game. <laughs> yeah. And when you talk about your defeats, yeah, you know, we had a, you, you talked about the two club finals <laughs> that you lost, you know, and it was, we need to focus on this. And then the game that you lost there now against Galway, you focus on that. Is it, is it like, I know it's a cliche that, you know, that yeah. you remember the defeats a lot better. I know, I know. Is it the truth, though? Is I'm it? tipping off to meet the sports psychologist after this. <laughs> I,
0: don't, I, I don't know. And look, I'd say lots of lads are the same. I'm sure they are. Uh, maybe and you know what maybe that's not a good thing either to overly overly focus on it it drives you for the next time Um, so maybe it probably is I don't know um, in terms of psychology I'd say it's probably not great to be overly critical of yourself and probably that's something that I would have been throughout my career probably a little overly critical even though yeah, my father would have been, had a great, you know, uh, he would have given me that great quote, like, you know, treat both, I suppose, success and failures as, as imposters. But I probably overly maybe on the the downside when I would have lost, I would have maybe overly focused on it and maybe overanalyzed. Whereas, obviously, when you win as well, not everything's 100% either, yeah. you know, but yet you move on a bit quicker. Um, So I think that probably feeds into it a fair bit that you... Yeah, and I, I think there's probably a lot of players like that. If you, talk, I don't know, you've done a yeah, lot of no, interviews. It's there's it's probably it's that we do focus on the losses, but they drive you and they steal you for the future, and you learn a lot from them. Um, but you probably should analyze the wins as well and not be overly patting yourself on
1: the back either. You know, but it's 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 just like it is something. And I know myself, I see it with teams that I'm coaching and things like that, and I see it with all, all the lads that I've spoken to. They do focus on it, and even the, the management team I have at the moment, with blacks and whites, we go out and win a game by a point no real conversation after the game you know that type of way that yeah. was fantastic and I'm going home in the car and I'm chewing the steering wheel with temper because of things I've seen wrong but then you go out and lose again by a point and uh, Jesus you know yeah. we may get rid of these <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, that yeah. this is it you know and like, yeah. as much as I try to and I always say it and I say it to the players the whole time you know as a rule I try not to talk to players straight after a game I literally I go over and say listen I'll see you on Tuesday night, because everyone's blood pressure is up everyone's wound up and maybe let's have a look and see let's have a think about this and we'll chat then but for whatever reason, in in everything, a win glosses over a performance. Yeah. Um, but a defeat, my God, <laughs> like it's yeah. family flowers only if yeah. you bet by more than three points. You yeah. know, it's it's it's
0: it's. And you know, some, I suppose when you win winning, I learned or something. Maybe it's better off not to go back and watch that either, because you mightn't have played as well as you thought you had either. <laughs> you know, because you're again, you have that unconscious bias maybe in your head that's kind of filtering in and saying, oh God, everything we did today was deadly. It was the perfect performance, and of course it's not. Of course it's not. You know, and like. You probably you, you look at how Brian Cody ha- has gone over the years and off a winning team, he might have changed it. And people go, well, God, why is he changing a winning team? Or, God, he's leaving off an all-star from last year. But your last year was last year. Yeah, and, he's, and, and I'm pretty sure he might have watched that match or watched a number of matches over the years and he's recognised something where he said, OK, I need to change this now. You know, and look, it's back to that kind of a cliche. If you're, if you're not changing, you're not moving forward as well, you know. No,
1: it, 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 it's yeah. vital, and that, that that takes us nicely on to your breakthrough into the the Kilkenny senior panel. in two thousand and five, you're called into the panel. and yeah. um, you start working away. Midfield is obviously the position that you're being pushed for at the time. Kilkenny were very weak in that area. <laughs> 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 did, did, did. Uh, young James Chaffis Patrick? You know, he's obviously twenty four or twenty five. Michael Fenley. Um, I'd say it was great fun walking and thinking right I have to try and shift one of these boys oh, out sure, of position it
0: was blocking there at the time and um, sure, at the time it was kind of I came in in 0 Um, Chad was just in there but Chad was kind of playing more in the forwards in zero four 4 and 5 Um, and, and funny enough in against Clare in the All-Ireland semi-final in 2006 I played corner forward and Cha played midfield now, Brian, change that around, will ya? <laughs> but at the time, I was going well. I was going well, um, corner forward. So that wasn't, you know, it was brilliant to to get selected. Uh, and Chad just took off midfield that year. Lingers was there for a couple of years at that stage, and obviously was the probably the market leader in in Ireland. At yeah. you know, and I'm thinking when I'm coming, God, is he going to retire soon or whatever? But sure. yeah, I think he was only 27 or something. You know, <laughs> I was hoping he'd move on. Um, and then michael fenley came into the panel in 06 as well. um you had pj lenny who's more naturally a back brain was trying him at midfield as well. Richie Mullally was knocking around. uh tommy had played a bit of time there. um so yeah, it was fairly chocker block at the time. but look, i was being i was playing in the forwards a lot in that league in 06 as well, kind of half forward. um and uh look I, I probably did well enough in a couple of leagues over 6, 7, 8. but then championship just to break in and you just needed to have the credits built up and to play. You know, there's a kind of a thing where i see it is if you've played consistently well and are on the championship team, uh, you can have a bad match, you know. Uh, not many lads did, but you can have a bad match and you can still, you know, that the trust is built there, that Brian knows, right. Overtime, yeah, he that's, that. yeah, and any manager would be the same, that look, he had a blip and he played next day. But when you're trying to break into the team, you need to be merely more consistently, you have to be... Every match is, is is huge. Because if you have one bad match, well, this panel was so strong that Brian and his electors couldn't be just looking at you and saying, we'll keep giving him games. Now, I'm sure he, he probably, I'm not saying I was very good in all matches. He did and he gave you that opportunity. But like, there's a time, it kind of nearly hit a stage where, okay, he, he genuinely trusts me now and, you know, and then uh, as a result of that, you probably play with a little more ease and you play better and you you just are, you have more confidence in yourself as a result.
1: But you you see like this year's team, I watched. I was lucky enough to get to nearly go to nearly all the national league yeah. games, and like I love what I see, what's happening in front of my eyes. Like I can see players like you would have thought probably some of these guys. There's young yeah. lads coming in, but there was one one player I watched this year in particular in the league it was James Bergen, yeah. and I was just so thrilled from to see him you know doing well like and, yeah. and getting there, and and it was lovely to see him coming on in Crow Park. Last week, and and, uh, you know, he's playing with no fear. He's um, but Brian has to have instilled that confidence. This is a guy that 12 months ago was playing junior hurling in with his club Connie Shamrock in Kilkenny. He wasn't there wasn't a a man in Kilkenny, man, woman, or child in Kilkenny mentioning his name. Well, funnily enough, I was
0: at one of the matches because I was uh, Moonkind versus Connie down below in Thomastown. And sure enough, Brian Cody was there watching it. Yeah. You know, and that's no surprise to most people. Like, he gets around to watch matches. Mag- Gary and uh, Goethe as well. They get around, obviously, and they're seeing these. So, like, I was coming away thinking, who are they watching now? And in my head, it was James Bergen, you know? And it obviously f- followed through there. Um, but you're saying about the confidence playing with no fear and how he's instilled that confidence. By being selected, even on that 26, that would have to give you confidence. Like, this is his first year. I mean, there's lads that aren't selected and that's the hardest part the lads that aren't on the 26 that's hugely tough you know they're not even getting to tog I mean at least if you get to tog and you warm up and you get that that's something part of the you know way. now again look I mean any player probably wouldn't be overly happy with that I'm sure there's lads that are saying he's not great but it's just warming up but you have to appreciate and and give due
1: respect to the other players as well they're busting their backsides as well for however many months but, you know but you take yourself as a young player coming in at 2005, 6 yeah. and that's kind of what I'm going back to because yeah. I could see that with James that he genuinely to me he seemed like he was playing without fair and he like he didn't light it up in every league match. Now I'm not no. going to say he's he's the, the second coming of of, of Tj. And like and in fairness, he's going to be a good hurler and, who and he's knows? a great guy. He could be. Yeah. Um, like. But what I felt was, and I and I just wonder about yourself. It's when you were, and you're so right in what you're saying because you're new. You have to be. You have to be on all the time. You can't afford to be off. But I just wondered with Brian and Mikey and, and some of the background team, if 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 you were having. In them early stages, if you had a game, was it you know? No matter how well, whether it was you played well or you played poor, was it a kind of hand-on coaching type of thing where he'd say, "Look, and that was really good. What you did there today, this and this, and maybe work on that." Or was it, or is it? Is it not as structured as as I that? No, it wouldn't be
0: because like, and I've probably learned this over over time. Like, there's thirty maybe five lads in there, so a training session. I mean, if he went around and went to talk to every lad every time after a match, you never get anything done really, you know. But there was, I suppose little tips little things along the way that you, you just might be mentioned to you no it might be even just how you're letting the ball in it might be just you know or you might be a question Like you you struck that one inside there was no one inside why did you hit it now you know it might be just that little question and it was that kind of guided coaching kind of that you're he's nearly allowing you answer the question yourself because it's kind of obvious but he's just thrown in there just to have a think about that now that wouldn't happen regularly. That I think I think that might have happened once or twice, but I mean, at the time, people would sometimes, and I would be, you know, that if you weren't playing, would, you know, would he not talk to you, or not, you know, talk to you more about this? But I mean, it was bad news is bad news. So that, like, I think I read that from Alex Ferguson. There's no point in sugarcoating it and fluffing it around with lots and lots of different stuff around. Like, if you're not playing, you're not playing and it is tough and um, we've been through it and I, I've been through it I've been on the subs bench I haven't been on the panels I've been taken off in matches and it is tough um, but the reality is I mean there's other good players as well and that's where I go back to you have to respect the other players as well and you can't be just throwing your ties out of the pram over and I would have had to learn that a bit as well as you go on that you you have to respect everybody that in in that regard uh, but look there, there was a mix Brian Brian was managing the whole thing Martin Fourty would have been tipping around. Martin Fourty was probably more the hands-on, and would have kind of said, you know, tough on you the last day, you know, or if it didn't go well for you, or you know, well done the last day, you know, you need to keep it going, that kind of stuff. But it wouldn't have been getting in depth to you hit this ball wrong or hit that ball right, you know.
1: And then the training sessions, like in Kilkenny, like they're 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 the stuff a legend. The 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 time that you were there, um, like you were you were inside three four nights a week, but apparently. When, when when the 15 on 15 games were set up inside like anyone I've ever spoken to has said the same thing like this was just like it was as tough as an All Ireland final basically
0: <laughs> it was it was brilliant stuff it was it was just unbelievable um and at that time there was the crowds were still allowed to come to train so i mean there was a, there was an atmosphere at, the, at even at the training sessions you know it wasn't full like there would have been maybe
1: my eight thousand. Ah well that was <laughs> like the, the odd one there <laughs> <laughs> <It> was <definitely laughs> odd okay.
0: well, I can tell you about that actually eight thousand later, but uh there might have been two hundred or whatever, you know, and there'd be regulars nearly, you know, and it it, w- it wouldn't have affected me a whole lot, but you would have heard at different times where it was mentioned who was going well in training, you know. Yeah, whereas no, no, now no one it, knows, yeah, which yeah. is great, which is great that the lads get on with their business and there's none of this thing of he went well last night and so on. Um but I just, I just I think it was just the time of our lives going in there and just absolutely hopping off each other for 45 minutes in a, tra- a training session, going hell for leather, um, just go really going strong at it. And you look, you, you always felt confident going out in the match because you knew you probably marked the best in the country. So, I mean, if if you'd marked Tommy or Lingers or JJ or whoever, well, there wasn't going to be better you are meeting. You might meet it with someone who was very, very good. But if Brian Cody then selects you on the team. Well then you're, you're going out with full of confidence uh, and the more you you were on that team and the more you trained the more it kind of just built and built and built and you, you just allowed yourself nearly to play better and better. Do you,
1: do you, I, I, I want to ask you about that training session because I, I went in that day with my kids there was a training session in Nolan Park one day and they filled the whole of the stand the on the new stand yeah, yeah yeah, like
0: that was before the 2010
1: now you're yeah, to yeah, yeah like when you go to an <laughs> a training session and you're training in front of a crowd like that. Does that give you all a massive lift, or is it something that you're thinking, Holy Divine Mother of God? Uh, personally, I didn't like it. I didn't feel it. Te- I didn't think it was. It,
0: it felt right. Um, I like it's a training session, you know. But like this was the, the reason. The reason. I suppose the context of the eight thousand or whatever it was was Henry's return. From a cruciate which was of, and John Tennyson, I mentioned John Tennyson there as well. He'd be looking for the shout out on that. So John Tennyson and Henry Shefflin had returned from cruciates which they had done like two or three weeks earlier, which was unheard of, you know. Uh, and suddenly, the two of them were here, hurling, marking each other, centre back and centre forward. So that was the reason that the eight thousand were there. They weren't in to see just a normal training session. Um, unfortunately for me, I was in the dressing room and. I was trotting down it was the, we were in the old stand the old dressing rooms yeah. at the time uh, and so it's real a real tunnel it's you know you get the real tunnel effect there and he, I was unfortunately out behind Henry so Henry had gone out about 30 seconds before me and just an unbelievable lifting of the roof with a roar and I came out just after him and then I said there was sort of a few people giving a bit of a, a round of applause I think my parents might have been there so I think that's how so don't ever enter a field or a stage or anything after Henry Shefflin it's not good for the
1: ego it didn't, it didn't help your ego <laughs> no, at all it? No. but it was, it was like because I remember at the time I brought the young lads up and I can't remember now I remember why but like a couple of years later I was involved with the Wexford Camogie team and we played in Nolan Park in an all semi-final and straight after the game the Kilkenny Seniors were training yeah. and we'd been beaten so you're a little bit sore um, but when we finished getting changed the girls were coming out with the back of the O'Carroll stand, and me and one of the managers went up into the O'Carroll stand, and I was kind of just leaning on the rail, and the lads were just getting ready to start their drills, yeah. and I just said I'd watch and see. No, I wasn't going spying for yeah. Limerick or Cork. I just wanted yeah. to see what drills they were working on. it was getting close to an All Ireland final or semi-final, I'd say. Yeah. But within a minute, me being in the stand, I was ushered out, like "Get out, get out!" And they'd all know me, like, and I was yeah. like, "All right, fair enough. Like, everybody yeah. relax here. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not like I've video camera set up or anything." Yeah. But uh, it went, it went full circle. It went from. Mm let them all in to let yeah. nobody in you know and it's I, I don't know if they could have found a, a bit of a nicer balance for it maybe to have a bit of fun with it like yeah I, I, sure look I, I wasn't
0: privy to the decision that was made I don't know um, I think things had probably changed in the sense of uh, styles of play were changing slightly uh, there was a bit more tactics coming into it um, and look it's very easy for someone up the road or down the road to tip in and watch training at that stage and even take it as simple as someone just having a knock and missing training for a night so then that word is out straight away Um, and there's no point in giving an advantage whatever small advantage that might be to the opposition so I'd fully understand them closing it in that regard now you're saying could there be a middle ground found maybe so that when they start training league style maybe a couple of open nights here and there along the way but again I suppose Brian and his his selectors and county board, th- the ultimate goal is success, and whatever is needed to get there has to be done. And if Brian and his selectors feel, well, do you know what, always oh, having this open and any sort of distractions, we need to have it closed. Well, that's why I would imagine that's full full out closure. Then, you know. Yeah. And I don't think there's
1: any other county that are open sessions anymore, really. Either no, is there? I don't think so. And I yeah. think like see see the other thing as well is <laughs> it's, it's the thing when you say about the advantage. If when teams get to go and watch or managers get to go and watch you training you're losing that advantage because there yeah. might be something that you're doing in training that someone's looking at saying Jesus this is yeah. this and is brilliant and now more than ever now more than
0: big ever. time it might be that you're even working on simple a puck out drill uh, might be working on bringing a man out the field a bit something that mightn't be massive, but it might give you an advantage. You might get a pint of it, and that's what you need. To you have know, that you know, yeah. need that. Yeah, yeah
1: no, yeah. no, definitely. Just just on your senior career itself quickly, Kenny, you know, th- like you had some wonderful years, like kind of picking out some of the bigger ones there. Like obviously in a way, OH you won the All Star, your first All Star, I think it was that was zero, nine yeah zero, zero nine, nine, yeah zero nine. Um, you got the All star in, in in zero nine. Um, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. but like that time with Kilkenny like you everything was going right for you you were flying mm. you'd played Waterford in an All-Ireland final September the year before Yeah, gave them you know a, a proper trimming in the whole like I mean life must have been just <laughs> you were living the dream really I'd say
0: ah yeah look I mean I was but I suppose my career is kind of in three separate sections in a sense there was probably when I got in there first and then I had a number of years where I had to I suppose be patient and do my best to try and make the team and work hard Um, as we've mentioned already there was just brilliant players around me at that time and it was it was hard to break into the team but I suppose retrospectively I look back at the time I was just bullying to get in there and you know it was disappointing not to be getting on that team um, but then I, I suppose Jackie Jackie had the same situation Brian Hogan had the same situation Taggy had the same situation so we, when you kind of look at it, kind of step back you go okay well there was that period where you had to wait a bit and be patient but once you're improving and I felt I was improving bit by bit and kind of zero eight, 8 I was pushing hard and just um, didn't didn't quite get there um, but obviously I'd say Brian was seeing that as well that I was improving and getting there and then started a the, the year in 09, and I just played every match all the way through. And that comes back again, I mentioned about your confidence building and that trust. And everyone, we played a league final against Tipperary in 09, went to extra time, brilliant match. That was the one where I played, you know, I played well myself and things went well, and all the way to extra time. And it kind of then was like, right, I'm, I, I'm getting here now. Then we played Galway up in Tullamore in a great match. Um, and that gave me a great confidence boost as well, where it, it was one of the probably, there was that league match and that, that championship match where I found myself, I lost myself, as in there was no thinking whatsoever. I was, players talk about being in the zone. I'd gone gone kind of either in the zone or close enough to the zone where you're just hurling on instinct and things are falling right for you. And I suppose I would have chatted with other players about that before. And yeah, it, like it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's... It's just It's just beautiful Because you're just You're just in a moment And you're You're just flowing as such Yeah
1: it's kind of a flow situation But it's like Like I, I think it's it, 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 It's it's brilliant Like not everyone Not everyone in Kilkenny Not everyone in sport Has I know this is going to sound terrible Has had such a structured Step You went schools, you know, done yeah. quite well, got up, you went into the minor panel, captain of the minor yeah. panel, into under twenty ones. Like not every player has done that. Like you've you've obviously a minor all under medal, you've under twenty one all our yeah. medal, you've senior all our medals. There's not that many people have all of them in the bag, but you stepped through and even in your first few years with Kilkenny, you know, where you weren't breaking into the team but you were working hard and you were working hard till you got into the team. Yeah. Like you must have had I'm going to say a grounding like you, you know to build a belief that you have in yourself number one but at the same time th- th- there's been years of work put into creating you yeah. know you you the player you are now in 2010-11 you know this type of time like. Yeah
0: well look again I go back to a lot of good things happened at the right time for me and things came together and as a result I ended up um, getting there as you said in, in a kind of a structured way but I didn't feel that at the time like when I wasn't getting on the team you know, it wasn't as if I was patting myself on the back and going, I'm improving anyway, that's the main thing. <laughs> you know, I was very lucky. I had my parents who kept me grounded and I, I um, Brother Damien, Brendan, God rest him, um, was brilliant for me because um I would have had him at minor and then when, I suppose, through the couple of years, I would have stayed in contact with him and he said, look, I remember getting off the bus actually with minor um, he would have given me a bit of help actually from an educational point of view which yeah. he would have done with many, many people and I think it was only when we were at his funeral we realised how much of an influence he had on so many people across the country, never mind Kilkenny and he um, he kind of instilled a belief in me but he was also realistic with me, you know, he wasn't someone who plamosed me by saying, oh you were in hard luck yesterday, you played well he would tell me straight you know, yesterday wasn't a good, uh, your great day a great day for you this might be on a Monday after a league match or whatever so to have that reality check and to have that honesty so then when he told you you played well you knew you played well so there wasn't any of that plumossing going on and you need honest people in your life to so you that. sometimes we can bluff ourselves you know um, uh, well maybe you can't really bluff yourself but sometimes you can have that thing where you're kind of maybe even lying to yourself that you're going better than you are Whereas if you have an honest person in your life that you can bounce stuff off of and a kind of a mentor or a coach is that, and he was that to me, and he was able to have that kind of, give me that grounding. And also when things weren't going well and I wasn't making the team, he was also, I suppose he was also, some days he might tell you, well, I actually think you should be on that team. So then you knew, well, okay, someone believes in me here. you know, And even he said, well, you're not quite there yet. At least he's, He's kind of um, been honest, uh, what to be yeah. And, yeah, work to that. be done, and you know he would have done that for myself and a number of other players, but he would have been very in private in how he would have done that. So that again Helped you in terms of your honesty with each other.
1: We're we're up to about two thousand and twelve in your life here now, right? So, like up to this point, you know, I we haven't touched on and, and, and you know, and I haven't seen one. And even when I look at your career and I read through and I kind of studied looking at different things, I don't see any big injuries. I don't see any no. big shudder and halts if you get me up up to 2012 and a few little halts <laughs> yeah but like yeah, you know but
0: broken broken things here and there yeah
1: but but nothing that was going to
0: no i got know. i got one one bad one in 04 is playing with ucc um in a a, a week before all, or all the all the the cup final and we are playing newtown chandram in a in a cham, uh, a friendly they were in the they were in the club, club finals, finals yeah. you know at that time and we always would have done that and that was a great experience as well you know in terms of my development playing with ucc and you, you talked about some of them Fitzgibbon matches that you're up against inter-county players and you might be up against a lad that's a developed a few couple of years beyond you you know and you would have learnt an awful lot from that but uh, yeah I got my finger smashed there and I was out for six months with that so that one was one that would have um, kind of halted me and probably i say affected my confidence even though I, look, I wouldn't have known it at the time you know um, would have would have probably had a bit of an impact on me, but yeah, I, I was lucky enough. A few little muscle injuries here and there, but overall, nothing
1: major. And then we come into the 2012 season. You're you're reigning All Ireland champions. You, you won the All Ireland in 2011. beat Tip, which was a big, a big, yeah, a big one at the time. You got an All Star again that year. And then early enough in the season, I think, was it in a National League game or was it in a Championship game? Um, yourself and Potty Maher, you, you went for a ball. Whatever way Potty Maher pulled across your hand.
0: Yeah, that's the All Ireland semi final. Semi finals. Yeah, so we had we had gone well. Um, I think we'd won the league that year, so we were going well. Um, I had I'd actually, I suppose, one of the injuries that, that the, I tendinitis in my knees, which I still have, which is actually a fairly annoying one. If anyone has it, that it doesn't really go away. Um, but so I was out for a while there, and then I got back in, back into the team, and uh, All Ireland semi final uh, against Tipperary. Yeah, just just ball just broke up the line, and I was kind of getting on to it and I, I just went to, to rise and potty was coming the other way and he just kind of swung and it kind of just caught me on the hand so I, it was gas I, I, I thought initially I, I'm caught here you know I could just the, the hurl had just dropped from my hand which was a weird sensation I just didn't realise the hurl was gone from my hand until it, I looked down and um, there was blood so Tyg Dr Tyg brought me in um, underneath the stand and I said uh, hey look can you stitch that up quick stitch it up quick and uh, he was he was kind of hesitant for a second and and uh, now so it was fairly opened. It was the worst one I had, um that, that was opened anyway, and uh he uh he said, Look, I just need to check something here. So he kinda just pushed down my finger and he said, Right, bring that back up But I couldn't bring I couldn't move the finger. Um so he said, Okay, he said, I think that could be a tendon or that. Um but it was funny, whatever happens in Croke Park, I don't know, but Marty Morrissey was on commentating on the match in, in the little medical room, and I could hear Marty Morrissey then saying this is uh, it it appears Michael Rice may have a tendon injury in his hand. so some lad at the door. Obviously, was feeding the <laughs> the information up, which was got, like, I suppose in a more serious note. If it was a more serious injury, you don't want that being broadcast either, you know. But uh, yeah, that went out. Uh, so whatever, <laughs> the system was in place at the time, but yeah, uh, I'd say Tighe said, "Look, you're you're not going back on now." So it was just half time. Then I went into the boys. Um and had my finger wrapped up and then I went over in an ambulance over to James's hospital it was gas but I was still in the gear so I went into James' hospital everything's still on <laughs> Kenny jersey and here's the the end of the match with about 10 minutes to go and we were, luckily enough we were we were winning well at that stage so at that stage still I was still cutting myself I was like okay might be broken here but I mean I'll be grand now we'll get it started and then uh, they said no it, they x-rayed it so I had no issue, I had no inkling of what was the how bad it was even the x-ray I could see there was little fragments but I was still thinking again okay grand sure we'll get you know a break three weeks till Ireland final. I'll be fine I'll get it strapped up and we'll hurl away then the next uh, I had to stay overnight in James's then um, and I ended up having to spend a week in James's hospital because and they had me on uh, the antibiotics the IV antibiotics because it was just an open wound but they had to get parts then for the finger because whatever way it was meshed up or anything you know so the kind of told me at that stage, he kind of sat me down and said, you, you're not seem to be understanding. He said, yeah, you know, it's 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 like if you stood in a meringue. He said, that's what your your finger is like at the moment. So uh, he got through to me then. All right. And my own wife is a nurse. like So she kind of was like, you know, Michael, you need to cop
1: on here. This is. <laughs> so
0: I got an operation on it then and a few parts put into it to. It together and then I was out for six months after that. Then, yeah,
1: that must have been heartbreaking as well. Obviously, you've you put the whole year in, yeah, yeah. You're, you're just up at uh, like personally at that time. That's when you need real strong people around you. I'm sure that's when your family and your, your network of friends were were vital to you.
0: Absolutely. And I remember the day before I went up to uh, before the first All Ireland, myself and the father went up to a challenge match up in Hoganstown that Carrick Shock were playing. And I just felt this absolute anger and frustration inside of me. It was like I was trapped inside myself because all I wanted to do was be playing the next day. But I I couldn't do anything, you know, and I was just really, really frustrated and didn't want to talk to anybody and just kind of was sorry I'd gone to the match, you know. And just, um, yeah, you look, I enjoy... uh, The worst actually was it went to a replay, if you remember. (laughs) Um so that was actually the the worst part of it that yeah we had to go out a second day and it kind of carried on for another 3 weeks um I don't know why they put so long between a, a final and a replay but um yeah but look you get on with these things afterwards and you just move on you know
1: and like but but at that time for you yourself like I, I and I know see you you're older now when you're not in that invo- you know you you're, yeah. you're gone from it so you can look yeah. back and say oh maybe it's this but but for you yourself I'm sure it was nothing but well-wishers nothing but people coming up to you saying you know you're in hard luck there and good man yourself yeah, and yeah all it that. was
0: brilliant it was unreal but, yeah. but it
1: still it still doesn't make it any easier
0: no I suppose look all I wanted to be doing was playing the all-earned final and and in a sense I know we were very lucky Kenny we were there uh, for a lot of yacht years but you also have the feeling like well, we mightn't be here every year I mightn't be here every year you know it's an all-earned final and there's an opportunity you to be playing in it so that was the the hardest part yeah and
1: kind of your career after this then it you know, you were unfortunate in the sense that the next number of years as you got coming back in, this is when injuries did start to come yeah. into your, um, I don't know, is it a mixture of maybe you're, uh, obviously I can say this, <laughs> you're getting a little bit older so <laughs> it's not my fault, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. but is it is it a combination of years of hardship on your body um, because you would have done this, like I mean, you know, you think about the amount of work and effort that you've put in to get to where you are and then 12, 13, 14 now it's, it's starting to take its toll on your body
0: Asher it is in a way uh, look um, 2013 I, I missed 6 months say with the finger and me, my knees with the 10 and ice was giving me a bit of bother um, got back we played the league final I played in that against Tipperary didn't go well in the championship I suppose myself and the team in general we just didn't go well in 2013 <coughs> uh, 2014 though I was coming back look mad for road and um, I'm uh, mad to get back in the team and would have worked, I suppose, very hard. Like, like, I'm not claiming I'm the only lad doing this course. Over the winter, just really focused on, you know, getting back up to a level. Um, uh, and then just a few niggle injuries throughout that league: a dead leg, bro, uh, bruising on a bone, tore my quad muscle. So just missed the league with all these little injuries that took three, four weeks, and then suddenly three months are gone. But we were training in Carron House then, um, like we do, we go off this weekend, probably a, a week maybe before the first round, and uh, I was chasing back Owen Larkin, and, and you know the way Owen does his kind of slalomly run that's hard to track at times, and he just moved across, and whatever way I just had my knee out, he just knocked off it, and then I just felt this grinding. It was as if, in, if you think of gears, that someone had just put a, a bar in between the gears and just shuddered it to a halt, uh, a shooting pain for a minute and a half, two minutes, I was the, it was for a few times. In fairness, Brian actually stopped the match, so fair play to him on that. He generally doesn't <laughs> stop the match in in training if um, a leg goes down injured. So he stopped the match, and we um, yeah I got taken off to the side, and then they continued on the match. I think TJ actually continued playing and popped the ball over the bar uh, just to keep his stats up on the training. But uh, no, but after two minutes, then there was no pain. I said, "Geez, this mightn't be too bad." But of course retrospectively now I realise that's what a cruciate is you tear it you have two minutes of extreme pain and then you think it's not too bad that's kind of the symptom Um, so then in fairness to Racker Cody he drove me back up to to the the hotel and I just had to ice it and see and actually kind of get the sense the way the physios were acting around me I kind of I think they knew but they did know of course they had a fair idea that I was in serious bother then I, I got in to Ot Even the next day and got a scan and Cruciate was gone so that was 2014 gone on me again working to get back um, so you had a full probably nine months but it just didn't feel right my knee didn't feel 100% now I'd say a lot of lads are in the same boat with cruciates that way but whatever way I was landing like I used to be a lad who would be out in the training field maybe half an hour beforehand grandad you you know or 20 minutes love that you know get your work done and that's what we would have learned when we went in you would have learned that when you went in from the other senior players that's what was done and that passed on through the players and you know you worked on that but when I came back after the cruciate, I was spending maybe 40 minutes beforehand trying to warm up different muscles to take the pressure off the knee or trying to warm up your quad, your glutes your hamstrings, your calves trying to do different stuff so as my comeback came on I was nearly found myself hiding I didn't want to be out in the field that length of time because I'm thinking Brian is only going to see me limping around for 10 minutes because uh, I'm still limping here. So I didn't want that. So I ended up doing my warm-up and coming out five minutes beforehand. So uh, in a way, I was kind of... I don't know who I was trying to cod like, but I was trying to cod someone. But yes, in a match, once I got going and that, I'd be fine. I'd get get warmed up and things... Yeah, and like drills used to be the worst thing I could do because... It was repetitive, whereas in a match there wasn't anything repetitive. You wouldn't be constantly turning, turning, turning or constantly taking off and slowing down, you know. So that was what was hitting me in the knee at the time. And uh, so from from probably, I'd say, if I was looking back now percentage-wise, whereas I was maybe doing my three gym sessions a week and doing a bit of work on my own, but I'd still equally be doing as much on the hurling side of things. Whereas when I was coming back from the knee injury, percentage wise I was probably tipping more towards doing my gym work spending more time in the gym spending more time doing prehab rehab and less time maybe in the ball alley and less time so if I had an hour it was spent in the gym as opposed to maybe the hour in the ball alley Uh, and look and that's me looking back now at the time was I uh, it's easy to look back and say I was wrong but yes, I had to try to get my knee to a stage where I could actually run around first you know and the ball alley wasn't going to help me either because that stop, start, twist and turn
1: wasn't going to be helping my knee and then like you've, you've all of these things going on you've your life to live as well and you're working and everything so like was there times where you where you said look I have enough I, I, I'm going to just it, this isn't worth it it's, I'm, I'm putting myself too much was there times where your wife said to you you know <laughs> uh, I've enough <laughs> you know? no and you come back to support structures like my wife Catherine has
0: been unbelievable like she knew what she was getting into she knew I was <laughs> doing a bit hard <laughs> yeah. you know uh, like many wives and girlfriends and boyfriends across the country you know she knew what was the going life on she was getting into yeah that. yeah um, and she knew how much time I gave to it and uh, like she knew that's what made me happy as well so i mean there was never ever a problem there still isn't thank god there's never a problem we've three children now so it's a different story and my my little girl anna was born in 2014 so like that was a change as well in terms of trying to give all that time um that it, and it's not even that my wife is saying anything it's not that the coaches are saying it's your own personal conflict in your own head of right i'm given this time you know Constantly, you know, I can't be given three hours where I'm at the gym for an hour and a half and then hurling for an hour and a half myself, you know. So, like, you're very selfish for a long period of your life. and um, Probably still am being connected with different teams. So, it, it there is a conflict yourself, but there was never a stage where I felt, oh, no, I don't want to do this. Like, from a very young age, I wanted to play for Kilkenny. I was blessed to get the opportunity. And because of my injuries as such, maybe, it wasn't the case of some other players that were might have been you see some players that are left off and they retire within six months because they say ah oh, look that's it for me whereas I didn't have that in a in a good way but it was why? because I was injured I didn't and I kind of felt I had unfinished business and if I can just get back and if I just get a, a go at this but what was happening then was my I found my body was different when I went back after the in a way because they take your hamstring I got a few niggly you know for the tendon to go through your to fix it To I was getting a few niggly hamstring injuries and then I'd be missing a bit and I remember one specific training session where I felt a little pop in my hamstring and I continued on which is stupid it's, it's ridiculous and Brian spotted and Brian said to me are you okay and I kind of just went yeah I'm fine and went out by him sure I missed the next 10 days because I wasn't and, and that kind of thing like I can see now from Brian's perspective, he's looking at a lad that's 32 or whatever and is coming back from a cruciate, hasn't played Championship Hurling in two years, you know. But yet, I still wanted to, yet, I felt I really want to have a go at this. But
1: why, like, I know this is probably. to ask me, why the hell did you stay doing that? <laughs> yeah, but like, like, really, like, you've done it all. Like, you, you, you know, there's. I watched um, Lockheed last night there, um, Gizzy Ling was on it. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely yeah. loved yeah. Gizzy as a Bale, Was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, on TG Carter it was repeated, yeah. but I watched it, and, and it, like he's a fabulous character. Like anyway, he's he is he's mm. a character. He'd be company that you'd enjoy being yeah, with, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But really good hurler, and it was when he reflected back on himself. He said he never won an All Ireland medal. He's not part of that club. He's not part of that gang. Mm. But George O'Connor from his club obviously had won an All Ireland, and I, I kind of looked at it when he said it, and I thought to myself you know if the, you can't measure your life on that and then Tommy Welsh spoke on the show and Tommy Welsh had said you know we really respect Gizzy Ling we think Gizzy Ling's a fabulous player and mm. not having an all Ireland medal makes him doesn't make him any less of a fabulous player he's a wonderful player yeah, a wonderful 100%. person yeah. but but I look at yourself Michael and I'm sure lots of people do you've you've, you've a car full of all Ireland medals you've Leinster or, you know Leinster titles out your ears you've league titles you've club titles you, you, like, you really have done it all but yet this burning drive is still within you at 32 with cruciate injuries and the whole lot that you just you just want more like I mean you, you know what what drives that how does the how do you create
0: that monster like yeah sure. I don't think it's it's anything different to a lot of lads I think there's a lot of us in that boat that you just want it and want it um it doesn't come back to your childhood because you wanted it from a very young age um you kind of have an internal thing that if you're doing something you want to do it to your best of your ability I would have thought about it over the winter of 2015. Brian hadn't rang me to give me the bullet, so that was fine. <laughs> Said, "Okay, good start. That's a good start." Um, would have had conversations with him early doors, and you know it was a case that you know you train away. And now, what I suppose what should have set alarm bells racing was the running had changed as well. That I wasn't. And I used to be doing the running before my cruise shoot. I was always comfortable to be up in reasonably top area. That well, that's what I thought anyway. Yeah, Maybe it was. Look, there wasn't ten yards between me and the next lad. That's why the way I put it. Um, and when you're talking about the drive, I used to always drop into the first group. I used to say, right, I'm going into the first group here because the the, the lads you, you, the quick jack, lads. Jackie Taggy, Paul Murphy would be up there, and that's what you want to be testing yourself. Or, other lads like Ling- Lingers or Sheffin or, or or Eddie or whoever, you want to be in that group to say test yourself. And if you're competing there, you're you're fit. That's the way I did it. Did it in my own head, uh, and so I continue to do that. But now you had Killian Buckley, Conor Fogarty, uh, two gazelles, like, and you're dropping in with, <laughs> with these guys. So it's a mate. bad career move because if anything, it just shows the gap that's there. Um, I probably came to the stage In 2016 Where in reality I probably could have Trained really hard On a Tuesday night But I probably needed A, t- a Friday off And go hard Sunday I would, <coughs> And that's the way I kind of do it now With the club That you'd have to Take a night off Because if you don't You're going to break down And I would have Broken down because of that Whether it been Stubbornness Stupidity uh, Ignorance I'm not quite sure But it would have been That thing that I'm going to You know Go
1: at it Going home But at county level You wouldn't You couldn't have that luxury of You know No, Brian never mentioned
0: that to me actually. Michael, do you want to take the odd night off? Uh, Did you ever see
1: him mention it to any player?
0: uh, He would have had. uh, However, it would have been a different situation. It would have been, so it would have been maybe Michael Rice in 2011. uh, You know, that kind of situation, if you know what I mean. Where you've hurled consistently in in Championship. You haven't missed two years. You know, if anything, I was trying to get back up there again. You know, from from a different level, you know,
1: so that was the uh, the the difference there in that regard. Yeah, no, it's 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 because it's 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 something that like, like I I it, I always look at it, and I remember reading an article when it came out at the time, and it was like, not everyone gets the fairy tale end, mm. um, and I kind of laugh when I see something like that because to me it's 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 all quite bullshit like that type of thing, <laughs> like. Whether you call time in your career or somebody else calls time on your career. Yeah. Your career's over. Yes. So it's you know, yes. it's yeah. not a lovely one. Chap when he was talking to me about it, like they're all very different. Richie's was very different. Um Chap's was Chap said, Brian uh Brian Rangham, you know, mm. you're not to come back. <laughs> 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 Pretty much along that lines, I know it wasn't as brutal as that. Uh, yeah, but I yeah. said to Chap, how long was the conversation? He said about fifteen seconds yeah. and, and he's gone. Yeah. And, and and I knew by him it broke his mm. heart at the time and it broke his heart to, to, to find out that way but I, I said to him like what you said about Alec Ferguson I said what, what would have been different if Brian had mm. met you in Langton's, brought you over mm. cuddled into you <laughs> rubbed your head and said you're finished I said ultimately <laughs> when, you, when you get back in the car <laughs> yeah. you've still been told yeah. you're gone so yeah. I said there's no there's no nice way to do it and he kind of seen that and then there's other players that you know they do civic things make an announcement for it and whatever else and that's fine too but yeah, in, yeah. In, in your scenario it was on, on the field was it like I don't know maybe I'm reading it wrong did Brian just pull you aside one like a train ah, no it was, it was a phone call like what happens is at the
0: end of the league they kind of rejig things you know and I suppose uh, in 2016 I, I kind of let I've already mentioned how I've been dealing with niggly injuries trying to get back and there wasn't that you know I suppose flow like I, what I needed is to be flying fit ready to go start of 2016 but I wasn't at that level um so no, Brian gave me a, a phone call and I said, "Look, would you be available to 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 meet up and have a chat?" You know, so you knew he wasn't
1: making you captain.
0: Well, he wasn't going to be, get me hitting 65s, i s. I'd say at that stage, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> TJ was going too well. At. So I knew, but sure, I said, "Look, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll meet him and uh, yeah, I, his gas." <laughs> It's funny to be heading in and to to know you're going in to get the bullet. <laughs> it wasn't as if I knew it. he was going to kind of go, look, I've seen something here and I really need you at centre-back now. There
1: was no doubt in your mind going in. Like there, there was no. See, I'm a fecker like that. I'd hear my name getting called in school to the principal's office and yeah. I knew there's a 99.9% certainty here I'm in trouble. <laughs> but there's that little tiny bit in the back of my mind is yeah. thinking, you know, yeah. maybe... Brother Gerard's going to say it to me, you know, you're actually doing really well. <laughs> but it never transpired. You didn't try to convince yourself maybe that no, 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 no. you knew going in. I knew. I, I Hey, I'd, see, I'd seen this rodeo before where <laughs> uh, end
0: of the league, you know. Um, and look, I'm sure Brian has had conversations with lads and you, you can go off and announce it yourself or whatever you want. But I didn't really want that. I just said, right, that's grand. You know, I wasn't going to give a big... um Speed love tank. Yeah, the teddy <laughs>
1: there as you Goodbye <laughs> everybody.
0: Um, no, no. So like that was, yeah, that was it. And I think I was, that was on a Monday morning, and I was back training with my club on the, the Tuesday night. And Tommy Shefflin. I think there was there was seven at training that night. And I went, oh, mother of God, what is happening? This is some change, you know. That you're the fifteen v fifteen every night with Kilkenny training, and back to seven. Um, because anytime we would have went back to the club, generally it was a week before a championship match, yes, and you yeah, would yeah, have a good. Back, yeah, you'd have yeah. everyone back, and you'd have your twenty five, thirty lads. So seven, and and, and do you know what? Tommy Shefflin did a brilliant session with us, and I really enjoyed it. And then we went on, and I I really enjoyed my time that year with the club. It was the first full year I had with the club since I was sixteen, you know. And uh, that's that's the be- the beauty of the club and how important it is that you start there and you finish there and. Um, we had a great year we won out the intermediate and we went on a roll and i ended up pl- playing in Croke
1: park oh, uh, Crow park anyway <laughs> <laughs> you still got to learn it still got my me all medals <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like w- when when you look back on uh, on it like on your whole career and you look back on it now you know is there is there is there regrets that you'd have is there is there, i know there's defeats that you'd love to put right you can't yeah. you can't change them but is there regrets is it you know the time commitments that you gave to these things is is there anything you look back on and say you know i wish i hadn't done that
0: uh, no, uh, defeats, defeats that are uh, games that you would have played and you wouldn't have played great in. You you kind of regret them, but look, you can't do anything about them in terms of approaches and giving time to anything No, no, I wouldn't regret one bit of whether I'd been hurling out outside or going practicing or giving time to to. Um, uh, the gym or anything like I wouldn't regret any bit of that at all. Do you
1: overcompensate now at home in the house? Are you the, <laughs> the main man for for looking after kids and things like uh, 100% that? hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's your correct the air type yeah. of job. <laughs> uh. But no, because like, I remember one of my mates saying it to me that he'd stop playing um, county. It was football he was playing. He'd stop yeah. playing county football, and he said, "Yeah, that was he'd stop playing in August or something like that." And he said that. You know, it was yeah. he'd retired, but that following January or February, when the lads were going back to go back training and get back going, pre season was getting yeah. hot. He said he was going to stag parties, he was going to weddings. He <laughs> was <laughs> like, Where was all this crap for the last <laughs> 10 years? You know what he said? Well, see, we had a great time because, like, we, we had to do the thing we
0: always wanted to do in our lives and play for Kilkenny. And then winter would come, and we'd have you might have a couple of nights out, you might only have four or five in that winter spell. Now, four or five might be... Some lads might be going, no, we had 10 or 20. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you ended up having a, a, a wedding or a stag. But, like, we used to go to weddings and there could be 30 of us at it of the Kilkenny group. And we'd have just an unbelievable time. Or you might go off on a stag. You know, I, um, I had my own stag down in Limerick and just a, a great night, you know, or a great few days. But... You'd have you, you have enough of them too, you know. Like it's not that You don't miss everything. No, like. I went off the Chap Clear stag there in two thousand and seven. I think it was the first stag I ever went on uh, I tell you in about that <laughs> one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, but like it was brilliant and I think Jackie, Tommy and Cha arrived in from the All Stars the night before and just great, great crack like, you know, and we had the best of times. So those things that supposedly you're missing out on. Like, it wouldn't have bothered me in the slightest.
1: I didn't think I was missing out on anything because I was getting to do what I wanted to do, uh, you know. And the holidays, before I switch on to the modern day, but the holidays <laughs> that you would have had with the teams, you must have had some. Sure, we had the time of our lives. We travelled the world, you know. I mean, I think the first holiday, I got I got on the
0: tail end of the zero five 5 panel. I got I got the right job because <laughs> I came in. He, Brian used to bring in lads semi-final time. I remember Tommy going in in 0-2. Around semi final time, and the talk around town was you brought in to, to Mark Owen Kelly. Like, and that wasn't the case at all, you know. I, brought <laughs> yeah. in, I was brought in, and uh, you're, you're well, it was different Tommy maybe you're thir- number 30 on the panel, and you were blessed to be there. Um, so like, my, I think we went to Spain that year for four days. I think that was based on we won the league, so we got some bit of a holiday off yeah. to Barcelona. Great crack again. I mean, what was I? I was 21 at the time, heading off with. Everyone, a load of, and there was a load of us brought in around zero five zero six around at 21, 22. So we just had the time of our lives, you know. These boys didn't know what they ah, really were. Yeah, well I, us. I always understand why Ned Quinn made sure wives and girlfriends went on holidays, like, you know, <laughs> just keep us between the ditches. Um, but, like, then I think we had New Zealand, we had Thailand, we had Malaysia, we had Hawaii, <laughs> like, we had San Francisco. Um, dream stuff, you know. I
1: think there was Jamaica in there just who picks the holidays I, I i don't know the but they got it right they, they got did, right yeah. <laughs> like i remember looking at it one day and i, I can't remember who was talking to John Mackey or someone and he said yeah. cheers at the rate of these boysmen in all Ireland and he said we're running out of <laughs> destinations you know <laughs> to send them like and yeah. i was looking at the list of places and i was like who's picking these holidays yeah, like there's yeah. there's some clever
0: fella his job with the Kilkenny panel is to pick the holiday and again back to the, like everyone in the background like we were blessed with the county board with the work that was done there as well and the supporters clubs and all that like like it was so well structured And so well done It was just It was just a, a, brilliantly, a brilliant time for us
1: Before I let you Let you go And thanks a million as well For being so, go, so good With your time And being so open And honest as well I'm, I'm really enjoying this And I hope I'm not being Too uh, hard or annoying on you But <laughs> no, it's very um, good. Just, just Just last night Like this morning We've seen the draws now For, for the The, 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 the All-Ireland quarterfinals So we've tipped against Waterford And we've uh, Dublin against Cork And um, but last night on 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 the Sunday game, my guest from two weeks ago, Derek McGrath, who I would put out is a really nice guy, yeah. and he's he's very. I, I I found it a little bit. I'm going to say it was arrogant What he said last night And I'll put it to the reason I'm saying it Is if Brian Cody was retired And he was on the Sunday game last night And he'd said what Derek McGrath said mm. There would be uproar this morning But <laughs> because Derek is so nice And uh, he's such a nice <laughs> fellow, nice too but Yeah, no, but it's, 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 it's kind of it'll, it'll be treaded over But last night he said Limerick are Tier 1 And then he said Tier 2 are Waterford, Tip and Cork And then, as an afterthought, he said, and you could probably throw Kilkenny into the bottom of that pile, yeah. And then you've got Dublin at the end. and He said that there's a massive gap now between Munster hurling and Leinster hurling, yeah.
0: Yeah, has he a point? I would have heard this before when we were, I suppose, look, we were winning all Ireland's, and I would have heard how Munster (coughs) is much more competitive, and Munster is this, and Munster is that. Um, so I wouldn't be overly concerned about those comments because I've seen them before and I've seen them before where we've been managed to win All-Irelands against these Munster teams. Um, so, I suppose it's an opinion based on Dublin beating Galway and then Galway probably going out to Watford yesterday. I think that's the main crux of where he's coming from. Um, and then a very good match between Cork and Clare. But it's, it's, I think I, I would back, I would be, personally, I would back Kilkenny to Go toe to toe with any of the monster teams, so I wouldn't be concerned in that regard. I, uh, and I think it's uh, it's a good thing from a Kenny point of view. You you can absolutely put us down the bottom of the pile, no problem.
1: Yeah, I, I seen Brian being interviewed um, two weeks ago, and the, the the lady doing the interview said to him, "You're coming in under the radar," and uh, <laughs> he he even laughed. <laughs> and uh, I remember it just because the question was so funny. I turned around to one of the lads afterwards and I said, "You know." What's the world coming to if in a hurling championship the Kilkenny are perceived as the team coming in under the radar? But yeah. that seems to be what's happening. Like I mean, you you you're hands on with the Kilkenny under twenty team. You know you're unlucky. You know you come up against a very strong Galway outfit. You know it's it's not fair to say you're unlucky. It was a very strong Galway team that yeah. that, that, that played you in that game, and it was a, it was a tough game. But like you're in there in around that Kilkenny group, you you see the players that Kilkenny have in there. Like they're there's no doubt you don't think they're coming in under the radar. there I think there's a, there's yeah, no, a good balance team there's a balance here Like there's no point in us being
0: arrogant and saying we're top of the world either like we're not they're like, but they're, we're still in the championship that's the reality we're still in the championship and we're in a great place to be in the semi-final what I always found I don't know if it's the same is when we it, when we say won a Leinster title things ramped up another level again you win a semi-final things ramp up another level for maybe 10 days and then you have to have to come back down again and just taper off before the all Ireland final but like I would be expecting that Kilkenny training at the moment is going to be really, really high intensity, really hopping off the sod, and it'll be up another level from what we've seen with Kilkenny. You know, the big one there for Kilkenny get over like that was a big win against Dublin and a big win against um, Wexford, the first huge day, yeah. out the first day as well. But like lots of times you th- uh, you think back over the years, and I remember even myself going to as a as a chap going to matches. Kilkenny mightn't be brilliant playing their first championship match but they'd grow and develop and you know as the year went on they'd improve and improve and improve and what day do you want to give your best performance well number one you want to be in the all Ireland final but you want to give your best performance on the all Ireland final day and we've managed to do that over a, a number of years which is which is I, I suppose huge um, <laughs> huge benefit or huge credit to all the people
1: that are, that work with the teams and the Limerick team now like I mean um. Like, like you look at the Limerick team at the moment you, you watch the second half performance and, and, and I would say you watch the second half performance I know I'd be watching the first half performance mm. intently as well but mm. the second half performance against Tipperary there was about a 16-17 minute period there where they just obliterated Tipperary there's no yeah. two ways around it. now the question I'd ask and I, and, I, and I had this conversation with Richie Power was had Tip just gassed out like were Limerick hitting against dead bodies were these lads actually out on their feet it was it was a combination of both but yeah, like Limerick they look frighteningly good they look awesome and the question I have for you is there's two two sides to this question number one is you know can anyone beat them in this championship and if they are going to beat them how would they and number two is you've played on one of the greatest Hurling teams of all time at your peak of your powers what would you think facing into this Limerick team right now
0: <laughs> Um. so first of all can they be beaten well, I, I, I think any team can be beaten. I know that's a very general comment, yeah. but they can. The, the Tipperary thing, um, had they gassed out, they put in a huge effort into the first half, but things were flowing. And we've seen a lot of these, like we had it ourselves in the under 20, first half, second half, two, you know, a game of two halves in a big way. Um, I think most of that comes down to mindset. I That's my own personal belief that there's just a little drop in percentage from from Tipperary. Um, where, whether they 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 probably thought they had they were over the line they were going first well, I mean if if someone said listen if you can score ten points in the second half you'll win this lads you know, um, so that's that's what they need they needed to stay driving at it and to have that level of intensity and I think at that top level if you drop off that little tiny bit, it all changes and it all changes really really quickly, like the 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 Limerick thing they got momentum and. They're, they obviously went into the dressing room at half time disgusted with themselves way off the mark I suppose we had a similar situation in 2012 against Galway in a Leinster final and we just didn't turn up in the first half at all now, that was a very very good Galway team we didn't win the match in the end but we fought and fought and fought and I think Limerick would have went out in the second half and lads just go at it now and fight to the very end um, in terms of that fighting as well in some ways when you're down that far you kind of rele- you're a bit released and you actually play with more freedom if you know what I mean you're on a hiding like, to nothing Harriet. you're kind of on a hiding to nothing and if I make another mistake well sure it's just another pint you know <laughs> we're 12 down anyway if we end up 13 down and as a result you end up playing better which can happen and it's it's been seen over the years Um so well, sorry we'll go back would to you your other yourself? question yeah yeah O's against against Limerick I'd love it I think it would be brilliant um I'd say yeah I'd go back ten, fifty. yeah you want to be fit alright you want to be fairly uh, moving now um, look I think the keys are like I think just Keane Lynch is such a key for Limerick he's just an absolute magician and even with Tipperary man marking him because he goes out for those short balls and he's actually given those shorter balls he's a nightmare because you have to go with him if you don't go with him he'll get it if you go with him they pop it in over their head to the two man inside line who are moving left and right and so on so they just have a very good system in place um, and their movement looked. I think their their half forward line is just incredible at the moment. the The fact that Hegarty and Morrissey are able to hit four or five points uh, daily is incredible for a half forward. Um, and then Lee, he and Lynch, obviously the wizard in the middle, just popping it left and right and creating so many chances for everyone around him.
1: Yeah, and even like even their half back line as well. That whole middle third of the field mm. for Limerick, it's it's you know if you were facing into them in the championship, you know with 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 Kilkenny or with Tipper or whatever, like. Is that what you target? Is it like I don't know, this is going to sound terrible, but I heard I think it was Jackie Turrell that said the art of defending is dead. That you know, and Willie O'Connor had said about Garrod Hegarty scored, I think, Garrod Hegarty got nine or ten points in the All Ireland final, eight or nine points. He got He got a lot of points from playing in yeah. All Ireland final, and yeah. Willie O'Connor's opinion was. You know, if you were marking him, how in the name of Christ were you okay. left on him for the whole match? Yeah. You know, like, you, yeah. you, you, you couldn't. Like, a, a player has never scored eight points. Well, you won't. You, you know what I mean? You won't have got to see the end of the match <laughs> if you ran your mark and scored eight points from play. But, like, do you have to go out and just go toe to toe, man mark these well, lads? it is this is the conundrum. Like, I, I don't have
0: an answer for you. I don't have an answer where this yeah. is how you beat Limerick because I don't think there's many people in the country <laughs> have that answer. Um, and it comes back to that that question because Morrissey, Hegarty and Lynch are so good at getting the shorter ball as well they create that conundrum and that question mark for you about going with them if you go with them fully you might be going everywhere but going nowhere with the ball because you're going to be following them everywhere and like the ton of space that's left there then is a difficult one you know it's a difficult one if your halfback and has gone missing as such Um, so I think it's 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 a very difficult question to answer but you've probably hit the nail on the head already is that middle third that's
1: so strong for Limerick how can you match that? Yeah, it's just that, like even if you look at the the half-hour line and I'd say what happened a bit was Tip Worm man-marking or trying to mm. Kyle Hayes caught a ball at wing-back Yes he, he ran from his own 45, 50-yard line say Yeah to the 14 yeah. He never went by anyone. No, there was no one there. He like yeah. literally. <laughs> once he got Brendan
0: I think, just went out by him. The very, yeah. the very, start, very start, and then he just
1: took off. Yeah, like. But if I told you that, that happened and you hadn't seen the match, you mm. were like, "Wait, yeah. it's not physically possible that that whole section of the field was empty." And it was. They did a yeah. sidestep at the yeah, very yeah. end, but yeah, I don't know. Like, do you bring sweepers well, see, back in? Do you, do the like? question is, like, I mean,
0: Limerick obviously have a style of play, but how how much have they worked on that Kyle Hayes move? That Kyle Hayes. In a certain situation, is bombing forward and he is nearly impossible to stop. Now, if you have obviously if you have someone in the middle, they will do some sort of a job. By having no one there to, in the middle, you have no chance. But that seems to be the case. That Limerick moved at the right time to create that space. And as you said, if there is man marking taking place, well then you are just following your man across, and and then you are you are not thinking about stopping the man. That's the danger with man marking because you 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 are not reading it as how you've maybe read the play for your all your career. You know, obviously Jackie did a fantastic job on Lar years ago and yet Jackie was still able to hit ball himself and that was the the quality of the man is to try to get that mix that you're, there's certain times where you have to say okay there's no danger with my man over here now I need to go and cover where the danger is and if it's popped I have to trust my teammates to cover back for me and do the job that way
1: Last two questions before I let you go okay. you've been great <laughs> and, and I do appreciate yeah, it so right. look, first one is who's going to win the Shares All-Ireland then? And there's not now 15 political answers here you just have to I name can a team I six at this stage can't I? <laughs> yeah. um,
0: it's hard to look past Limerick um, because of the way they played but yet as you said if you looked really closely at the first half against Tipperary there's there's probably frailties there there's frailties in every team I like how Kilkenny are coming in under the radar as you've stated earlier they're your words or someone else's words earlier I like that situation Um I think I genuinely believe Kilkenny will be there or thereabouts, but it's hard to look past Limerick.
1: And the last one I have, you, you played in a golden generation of 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 hurling and a golden generation for for this county in Kilkenny. If I asked you, oh, no, you know, I know I got straight out, <laughs> who's the who's who is who is the one that you'd say, in, in every way, in your opinion, that yeah. was the greatest?
0: Wow. Um. So. You're talking in the brackets of J J Henry Tommy. Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I Jesus' very hard like uh, <laughs> can I leave it at the three of them? <laughs> yeah, I bet you but I can't <laughs> like Henry was the greatest forward of all time. JJ is the greatest defender of all time. Tommy everything. Tommy the greatest everything of all time. we leave it at that then, yeah. yeah no, no. no. I, I, I'll tell you, no, We, we yeah. said that you're Tommy Welch is who you are. <laughs> <from. laughs> yeah. No, ah, yeah. listen, Michael,
1: ah, it it's unreal. been an absolute pleasure chatting to you there, and I and, and I do really appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed the last hour and hour and a half there and a bit with me there. So, yeah. look, the very best to look to you with whatever you decide to do next season with regards to hurling. Are you going to be? having a crack with the under-20s again or is there any thought on that yet?
0: Ah we didn't discuss it at all we didn't discuss it we're we're just (laughs) we left it we're out this year and we'll just leave it for the moment I hope to get back doing a bit of club hurling myself now and uh, get up and get going that way
1: no well look the very best of luck to everything, everyone in Carrick shock <laughs> for, for the season ahead I hope you have a, a very long one and maybe get to Nolan Park to see in an intermediate final with a bit of luck um, please God, please God. Yeah, thanks a Eddie appreciate no, that no thank you nice that is of me. course Michael Rice uh, Kilkenny Hernan legend joining me for a good chat this week on the Clash Act I look forward to speaking to you all again next week when we will have no doubt another GAA legend thank you hello Martin here from Marcy
0: Motors Peugeot Kilkenny we have the full range of environmental friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol diesel hybrid and electric our 208 3008 and 508
1: have all won car of the year our 5008 seven-seater has won suv of the year and not forgetting ireland's best-selling commercial the award-winning partner van that's five in a row martin it is brian that's impressive contact the lads in morrissey motors Walford, Old kenny
0: today